prepare to set sail for a world of adventure here on the Wolf Den. That was our good friend Alex Mason with the song Scarlet Sails bringing us in. Welcome back once again to the Wolf Den. I'm your host Tom Wolf here for all your sports podcasting needs. I'm joined by a very special guest this evening is my good friend Mike who is the NBA guru who is uh the Kyrie Irving to my LeBron, if you will. <laughs> now you know what we're we're definitely not that big time. You're like the Eric Bledsoe to my Devin Booker. Oh yeah, let's say that. <laughs> you know, the, my the, the the good sidekick, the the hardy sidekick. We're on the we're on the come up. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're on our way up. The young scrappy guys. That's a good backcourt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, how are you doing, Mike? I'm good. It's good to be here, Tom. Well, we're here to jump right into the NBA. So I guess the first thing that we want to talk about as kind of dominated the national landscape recently is the concept of resting players. And people seem very divided on this issue. What are your, what's your thoughts on the players that have been resting when they're healthy? I don't have an issue with it. Um, there's no rule against it. I understand that, you know, you've got a family who drives however many miles and they spent so much money on a ticket to bring their kid to a game that's you know those are the stories that make the press and that's i feel for those people that sucks i guess people argue that they owe it to the fans to play but mm-hmm. they owe it to the franchise to win a fran- a championship that's very true and uh, people give the younger players you know a lot of flack for it Le- lebron um obviously everyone on the warriors but at the same time, they know how much wear and tear. We know now how much wear and tear there is. Right. If you want a LeBron to last longer, especially a LeBron who's played a considerable amount more basketball than anybody else just due to how many postseasons he's made, um, which is every single one of them, the guy has played an entire season probably in and of itself just in postseason games. So there's a lot of wear and tear there, and I know we've come a long way with nutrition and all that PT that they could do after games, icing, whatever. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, resting players helps. I think another thing to to keep in mind is the fact that we live in such a social media dominated age that every play, every position is scrutinized. If you do poorly, you're going to end up on shacking a fool. You're going to be embarrassed. (laughs) And that in itself is going to be a discussion for a week. I think that that's uh, part of the reason why players have been playing harder. And it seems like I think that the NBA is in a really great place because you have so many talented players bringing it night in and night out. But the flip side of that is I think that you tend to get worn down a lot quicker. You go back to the NBA in the 90s, and I don't think that you necessarily had the star power that you had. There's a lot of really good players in the NBA right now, and I think that everybody wants to win. Everybody wants to do what what it takes to to get better and so they play really hard i think that it's it's fine and i think that it's natural to rest players because you want to preserve them for a long season 82 games it's is an a long 82 season. game schedule yeah that's a long season that's a long grind i mean compare it with college compare it to any other game except for baseball i mean that's a long grind i can see why they do it i i really don't have a problem with it one thing that i do want to question is the specific instance that everybody's talking about is golden state san antonio a couple weeks back primetime game basically everybody who is a important player on those teams arrested what do you think about that where 
Look, I can understand if, let's say, you want to rest Kyrie Irving for a game, but you still have LeBron in love, or you want to rest LaMarcus Aldridge. You know what I think um, they should do is get a few more games on the docket for a Thursday night, for national, for Saturday. For nationally televised nights that are big, you know, what is it, like Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, I think, are the big days. Right. So... When that's happening, get a bunch of games together mm-hmm. and then make the team report ahead of time if somebody's going to be able to play, at least by like a day yeah. or two. And then by knowing that, they could put up a different game. Who wouldn't rather watch uh, somebody like um, the Wizards sure. play uh, even uh, a scrappy team like the Suns that we were talking about? I'd, right. I'd rather watch that than yeah. a starless team on both sides right. going at it. Watching the bench units play. I'd rather see what John Wall can do. rather see Devin Booker. I think that's a really great idea. Kind of in the way that Sunday night football is more flexible with their games towards the end of the season. Exactly. You know, a game that looks good on paper may not look so good three, six months into the the season. Absolutely. The way they do it. Right. You know, it's the same, same thing. Just get some more games on the docket there. Sure, every once in a while, you know, it's not going to work out Mm -hmm. where there's going to be a good game. But... That way you kind of hedge yourself. Do you think that Steve Kerr and Greg Popovich were sending a message in that specific game? Honestly, I don't think that they were. I just think it lined up that way. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, one of them was coming off of a back-to-back. I don't think so. Just I know that they're kind of like tongue-in-cheek coaches, but I I just think it worked out where they were both resting guys. Mm. And just because one heard that the other was resting guys, they were too Mm. proud not to do it. So. And obviously Popovich isn't afraid to piss off the NBA. Sure. And Kerr is just as vocal. So So I think that I actually disagree with you on that. I think that... Turn the mic off. (laughs) (laughs) Let's take this outside. (laughs) I think that uh, in some ways perhaps it was a protest against the NBA. A lot of people for years have complained of the NBA schedule, how there's lots of back-to-backs, there's lots of four games in five nights or four games in six nights, things like that, which I think everybody has been complaining about for years at this point Mm. and maybe in some ways i don't know this might be too tinfoil hat territory but perhaps in some ways they were trying to start a conversation to say look why can't we start the season two weeks earlier or why can't we have it so that it's not quite so grueling on these players so that's kind of my conspiracy theory idea that maybe they were trying to send a message i i would love if they had communicated ahead of time and set it up. I just don't see it. I, I feel like they both plan on wrestling players for their own reasons, whether it was to show... I mean, it's a back-to-back. I, mm. I could see both of them being like, it's a back-to-back. Sure. I'm going to rest my guys sure. just to, as, to rest them and appoint to the NBA. Right. But uh, if they colluded on it, yeah. that would be awesome. Yeah. I hope it comes out in somebody's memoirs that that was what they did. That would be pretty great. I could see Greg Popovich <laughs> yeah. saying something like that. Yeah, I've heard talk that they're going to try to expand the start of the season a bit, so maybe that helps players in the future. I think ultimately we're in agreement that, yes, it kind of sucks for that one specific game, but at the end of the day, ultimately you want to do what you can to get your players in the best shape possible come the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, playoffs is what it's all about. That's when everybody tunes in. I thought it was kind of funny that some of the old school radio personality types were saying like oh it's disgraceful to yeah uh, to do that but then i think that some of the older people maybe have not bought into advanced statistics as much 
Like, you look at Charles Barkley, who is shooting down the Warriors every single year, and it's like, well, no, because they won a championship, and he's saying a jump-shooting team can't make it. Right. You know what I mean? Right, and I mean, that's a slow... They played a slower, back-to-the-basket type of game. Absolutely. The bigs were much more involved. You look at today's NBA, it's much faster and far more athletic. Mm -hmm. It's about getting out in transition... And shooting a ton of threes, and I think that tires down the players. They yeah, have to they have to play they have to play a lot harder on defense. Yes, back in the '90s and early 2000s, you throw the ball into the post and you kind of do this slow bully ball type of play. Right. And nowadays, you got to cover everybody. Everybody can shoot. Everybody can drive. You got to cover them, and you can't touch them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and they could touch them back in the exactly. day. So it's a it's a different game, and yeah. I think it's a lot more taxing. Not to say those guys weren't amazing, but I just think it taxes the body in different ways, and I don't see why you wouldn't try and save your players to win a championship. That's all it's about. Definitely. So let's move on to the next topic of discussion, which is the race to the playoffs. Several of the teams already have their playoff spots secured, but as usual, it kind of comes down to the 7th and 8th seed being excited with 7, 8 games left to go for most of these teams. I I say we start in the West just because okay. it's pre- I think it's pretty much between two teams. Sure. Okay. I I don't think the Pelicans are going to get there obviously mm-hmm. because they only have two players right. and one of them's hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I'd love for the Mavericks to get there, I think they're too far out. Yep. So it's between the Blazers and the Nuggets really. Uh huh. And I I think it'll be the Blazers. Uh, I think they've got just a better team right now. I think the Nuggets are coming along. This West is so loaded. I wish they were both in the East. Sure. Get a little bit better basketball to run. But, yeah. but I really do think it'll be Portland just because they have those two star studs in the backcourt. And uh, I think when push comes to shove towards the end here, they'll pull them through and then they'll they'll make for some good playoff basketball in the first round. I think that I agreed with you. I think that both of these teams have kind of similar rosters. They have a good young big man. They have a solid backcourt. They both are kind of average middling offenses pretty good not not the best and they both actually are very bad on defense i took a look at the two teams and i said there's a lot of similarities so where is the difference and what i found was the nuggets are the 29th of the 30th team for defense and i mean the trailblazers aren't much better i think they're 23rd overall i mean like the blazers are a little bit better still not the best but i just think that I don't know. You come down to, for these two teams specifically, this is almost like the playoffs for them already. And so I think you ride your hot hand. And who's who's the better stars on the teams? I would say Lillard and McCollum over Gallinari and Wilson Chandler and, yeah. and Nikola Jokic or whatever. Yeah. You know, so like I think that they're probably going to have shorter rotations. When Denver can make a run we'll be able to pronounce Jokic's last name. <laughs> <laughs> I had trouble with that on my last podcast. Yeah, I, I can't. I don't know fully how to say it yeah. yet. And when they're ready to be in the playoff mix, we'll know it because he's great. Yeah, he is great. I've watched him. I've seen clips of him. He's great. Yeah. So, And I think Monday will come along too. Mm-hmm. It's good to have Chandler and Gallinari there. I don't think they'll be there for very much longer. Probably not. I think Denver is going to keep going young. Mm-hmm. Um, and keep building around those two key players. Yeah. Um, so I think they'll probably move them somewhere where somebody needs a playoff um, sure. help. Sure. Next year they'll both be Cavs. 
Yeah, I give the slightest of edge to the Trailblazers because I think at the end of the day, Lillard's been there before, McCollum has been there, and those two guys are both playing great this season. And I think they that, play great with each other. Yeah, they're both phenomenal leaders. Yeah, I, uh, I, I think they'll they'll make it. I think that they'll carry them. Um, so let's look to the East, which is just it's madness. So. Four teams have it locked up. The Cavs, the Celtics, the Wizards, the Raptors. They're in the playoffs. Now, it starts to get crazy. Tied for fifth, we have Atlanta and Milwaukee with 39 wins. Then next, we have tied for seventh, Miami and Indiana, both 37 and 38. So they're two games back. Then you have Chicago, Detroit, Charlotte, all potentially could make a run at it. So from the fifth seed to the 11th team in the east there's a separation of only five games it's a cesspool yeah it's uh <laughs> it's pretty it's pretty wild so where where do we want to begin i can tell you who's not gonna make it and Please then do. that'll that'll help bring it down sure. i don't think the bulls are gonna get there for obvious reasons yeah the disarray in the yeah. organization and team chemistry is terrible mm. and Dwayne wade's out so now here's jimmy butler and Dwayne wade and jimmy butler were pushing already on a team that clearly wasn't going to go that far. And they came out, and they were very public, and I, I really don't think that was great for the team. I don't think it's great for the coach, who I don't think will be there much longer. Hoyenberg, I think it's on his way out as well. But uh, who knows, by the end of all of this, the only person who might still be there is Jimmy Butler. He's great. I don't know why they'd get rid of him, despite all the talk. Mm-hmm. So, Bulls are out. I think Chicago wants to end the season as quickly as possible. Oh, yeah. They are so they are so uh, sick of they each other want at this to point. lose. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I can't see them going very far at all. I completely agree with you on that. The Pistons too are in a bit of a situation. They've got some good young pieces, but I think that some of that Drummond trade talk mm-hmm. really messed with the team chemistry a bit. Messed with Drummond. He just hasn't been on this season like he had yeah. been in the past. Teams are figuring him out, and to, surprisingly, Van Gundy can't figure out a way. To get him, or maybe it's him, it's him. He he can't figure out a way to get back to where he was by doing different things. Yeah. He's obviously not that polished in the post, so he's taking way too many bullet hook shots right. that just aren't gonna work. He's not playing to his strengths. He's not playing to his strengths. Yeah. So, and I'm sure Van Gunny's giving it his best, but they're not gonna make it either. They've lost five straight, and they are two and eight over their last ten. So they're clearly just free falling right now. They lost to the Nets, I believe. Yeah, right. That roster that they have is not as good as maybe people predicted. I don't think some of those players developed the way that they had. I will say though, Reggie Jackson was playing very well at the start of the season. He was. Then he got hurt, and I think that kind of really sent them on a, on a tail end. I think um, Tobias Harris, too, mm-hmm. has yeah. been solid. A great acquisition for them. Right. But uh, everybody else has just fallen off. Mm. Reggie fell off yeah. after he got hurt, and Drummond just hasn't been right all season. they got to figure it out. With Drummond. It all starts with Drummond. Right. He's their guy. And now they're suddenly thinking about how he's not their guy, and that I think that just confused the whole situation. Yeah. He should be their guy. Yeah. That guy is amazing, and they should just figure it out with him. It's always tough when your best player regresses a lot. Mm. That just kind of sets the tone for your year. It does. I, I hope he doesn't pull a Dwight Howard and mm. starts working with like Hakeem Olajuwon, like he's going to be the next Hakeem. You got to play to your strengths. He's uh-huh. just like Dwight, right? Just use your super athleticism mm. and play incredible defense 
and rebound lights out. Just keep people off the boards. He's like a DeAndre Jordan. He's like a DeAndre. DeAndre Jordan plays exactly to his strengths, but that's because Chris Paul makes it so. True. Sure. They don't have a Chris Paul sure. on there. No, I look at Charlotte as another team that right now they're they're in the 11th spot. I mean, they're they're kind of right with Chicago and Detroit, but I think that you look at their roster, you've had Kemba Walker playing a great season, but he's had to do a lot of heavy lifting this year and some of their depth that they had last year went other places. Jeremy Lin left, Al Jefferson left, and that team last year was so much more fun yeah, than this team. Right. And I still like Charlotte, mm-hmm. but that team last year was was pretty great. It couldn't it, you, you couldn't keep it together. Yeah. It could never stay the course because then you're just going to set yourself up for failure. Right. But then it was a, a first, fun one. Then you're a first round exit every year. Yeah, you don't want to be like the old Hawks. Right. Right. So that it was a fun team, but they made the right moves and they've got a they're they're obviously pieces away. Yeah. They've got to keep building, but they're doing it smart. They're correcting a lot of the mistakes that Jordan had made. Right. So I think eventually they'll get there, but again, this isn't a team that I think. I think the guys that are up there right now mm-hmm. are it's just going to be where they fall in the sure. seeding. Yeah. I want, don't think those three teams are going to be able to make you it. You want to make predictions for the seeding? Yeah, absolutely. After the Raptors, I think it'll be the Heat. Okay. Um, I know I'm riding the hot hand, mm-hmm. but they are playing so, so well. Oh, for sure. And I just think that they'll be able to get there because this is a tight race. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hawks will be there at 6. Mm-hmm. Bucks will be there at 7. Mm-hmm. And then the Pacers will be there at 8. So I think I would have the Bucks as the fifth team. And I think that you've seen great play from Giannis all year. I That's think true. that of all the remaining teams in that bubble, he might be the best one. I mean, you know, Paul George, I think, certainly in the conversation. Uh, you could say maybe... He does more for the team, though, yeah, than he, George can. And, and he's, and he's, That's saying a lot. He's having a great year. I think that over the second half of the season, they've learned to play defense a lot better. They just got Chris Middleton back, who they've been missing for basically the whole year. That is big, yeah. I think that they... They're a young team. They're a fun team. I think Giannis is a great player who will lead them. So I think that I have them as fifth. Um, next, I would say the Heat, I think, will be there for the reasons you listed. They're hot. They're young. They are just riding the hot shooting of Dion Waiters, of all people. <laughs> and Goran Dragic is having a great season. He, I think, was a fringe all-star choice this year. Yeah. And... Um, you have Whiteside, who's averaging something like 14 rebounds a game, like 22 points a game. That that team, I mean, it was it was amazing to stumble into Whiteside. Yes. Obviously, that's just that's incredible. Luck. That's, it, that's, that's luck. luck. Yeah. But to take a flyer, you see these flyers out on players like Waiters all the time. Yep. And then have it work out, yep. have him buy into the heat way. Right. That's especially a guy like Waiters. Yeah. That was incredible to me. It just spoke to the organization. It spoke to Spolstra. Uh, I think they're a fantastic team, and that's why I think the winning will keep con- sure. continuing. Sure. So, so yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Then next I would say the Hawks. I think Dwight Howard has kind of bounced back a bit. Um, they sort of shook up their team a little bit, and I, I don't love what they're doing, but I think in the East it's enough. Mm. Um, and then next, and then as the eighth seed, I would say the Pacers. I love that they're still winning while clearly rebuilding. Yeah, I mean... It's impressive. That's kind of what you always want, right? Yeah, and I think Dwight obviously has uh, 
realize that he's not really wanted anywhere else. Yeah. He's found a nice home right. in Atlanta, so he's not as as vocal as he would have been. Sure. You know, if he was on L.A. Right. years ago, he would have been going off about how they're rebuilding while yeah. he's still trying to make the playoffs. He was humbled so, a little bit. I mean, I, I don't, think so. I don't think he's all the way there, but he's uh, he he's had a bounce-back season that he needed. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. What they need to do, bring back Josh Smith. Resign Josh Smith. Okay. You serious? You, and then the, Joe I, Johnson next? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was 100% kidding. <laughs> Dwight was always the missing piece. Bring bring these guys back. Trade for Horford. Let's make a run. Let's let's call up their GM. Where's right Mike now? Bibby? Somebody get Mike, <laughs> Mike Bibby, Bibby on the phone. Oh my gosh. He'll play for hot dogs. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that is the answer. That's all they're missing. The original five <laughs> from seven years ago. <laughs> That's all that they're missing. And then last I would say the Pacers. I think I kinda see the Pacers as a, a more talented, a rich man's Chicago Bulls. They've got that wing player who's good but disgruntled. Their roster I don't know. It's not that. It's not that great. I thought they were going to be a lot better at the start of the year, but yeah, what I, I thought they'd be up there. Yeah, um, injuries and all that. I mean, they just signed Lance Stevenson. Yeah, <laughs> so they're a little desperate. I mean, but hey, maybe he's the missing piece, like Josh Smith, right? Lance Stevenson is twenty six. Wow, I had no idea. So many of those players completely fell off. Roy Hibbert was supposed to be the next guy. Yeah, we were we were talking about this earlier. Yeah. I mean, the only guy left who's still good yeah. is Paul George. Right. And George Hill. Right. Is still contributing. That's kind of what he did before. Obviously, he's a little bit older, but he's still playing at high level. Everybody else fell off. Yeah. It's incredible. And most of those people aren't there anymore. Frank Vogel, the coach, isn't there anymore. Yeah. I don't know. They, they really tried to change their offensive philosophy, and I think they struggled with it this year. Oh, yeah. They're in the midst of a transition. Um, So the next topic I want to talk about, I like to call contenders or pretenders. For the whole year, everybody has said Cleveland and Golden State are going to be there. I don't think anybody, even with their struggles, is going to disagree with that. Yeah, I can't see that. But I wanted to talk about some other teams, a couple other playoff teams that we think maybe could give them a run. Maybe if maybe if things break right, or maybe they have the outright talent to go toe-to-toe with them. Spoiler, I don't really believe that, but <laughs> for the point of discussion, we can talk about that. So let's start with the, the second team in the West, San Antonio Spurs. Contenders or pretenders? Contenders. Yeah. I will never count out the Spurs. Sure. Kawhi Leonard is an animal. Yeah. He'll stick with whoever, in the case of the Warriors, whoever's hot. In the case of Cleveland, LeBron. Right. And he'll still have more in the tank. As long as Kawhi can stay healthy, they're in there. Yeah, I think that if they lose him, that would be a huge blow. But he, this is the first year without Tim Duncan, correct? Yes. And he has become the guy without losing a step. And he's doing that while being one of the, probably one of the best defensive players in the NBA as well. continues to get better every year. Yeah. And I think going small won't help the Warriors so well against the Spurs, who I think will just match up with LaMarcus Aldridge at the five. Yeah. So I still think, and then he'll beat the hell out of uh, out of Green. I think it's a it's a good matchup there. So uh, the Spurs are contenders. I think the only concern I have with the Spurs is what's happened the last couple of years, which. I think they can make a deep run, but I'm just worried that they run out of gas. So many 
they still rely on so many older guys as their core players. Tony Parker's getting up there. Ginobili. They have Pau Gasol having a great season, but how much more can you expect from him? Yeah. Um, so over a seven-game series, I don't know if they can go blow for blow, but I think that as long as Kawhi Leonard's there, um, definitely gives them a great chance for it. I think Pop can can figure out the matchup five on five that'll work well. Right. And I don't think he's afraid to uh, to bench Gasol if he has to. He's already playing Manu Ginobili eighteen minutes a game. Yeah. I which is good because I think come playoff time he can play closer to twenty five. Sure. If he needs to, yeah, and uh, he's saving his legs. Did you know he's almost like forty years old? Oh yeah, he's an old man. He's, he's got, very old. Man. He's I think got, he's thirty nine. He's got one foot out the door. He, he is. This may be his last year. It might be. He is an older man. Talk about a good for him. Talk about a great player, Hall of Famer. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and Popovich is maybe the best coach ever, if not certainly in the discussion. Absolutely. So from a X's and no mind game standpoint, definitely, you know, you would never want to count him out. Next team I have is the Boston Celtics, who are currently tied for first in the Eastern Conference. Contender or pretender? Pretender. Pretender. I think they're a pretender. I think they're a lot like the Raptors were, um, what was that, three years ago when they had the best record in the East? Mm -hmm. Um, They got bounced by Cleveland. They just, they're good. They're a fun team, but they're, they're talent level away. So come playoff time, that matters, and I I don't think they'll be able to push through just because they don't have that that superstar yet. Sure, I'm gonna say that they're a contender. I think this is probably the best season we're gonna see from Isaiah Thomas by far. Oh yeah, I mean no he's way. having a phenomenal season. He's third in the league in scoring right now, and I think that if he's your guy, this is your one chance with him. Now, of course, I think Boston might be the best setup team in the NBA for the foreseeable future with all the draft picks, all the young guys. Yeah. Um, so I think that if they're going to make a run at it with Thomas, this is as good a year as any. I think that they need a couple things to bounce their way, but Avery Bradley's having a great year. Jay Crowder's having a great year. You stick Crowder on LeBron and kind of hope for the best. In a point guard matchup, uh, I'd say Isaiah Thomas can go toe-to-toe with Kyrie Irving they're both scoring guards who are not really known for their defense yeah I say that they're a contender I think they're going to be better contenders in years to come but yeah I kind of say they're like a dark horse like maybe put your money down in Vegas uh for a ten dollar bet to pay off like 50 like it's it's not the worst yeah yeah I just I just don't think they'll make it this year sure the next team that I have is the Houston Rockets, contender or pretender? I'd like to say pretender, but contender, and for one reason only, if they get hot shooting the ball, <laughs> they'll run anybody out of the building. Sure. James Harden is MVP level. I mean, they're they're great. They're well coached. D'Antoni, this is the team for D'Antoni, and this is the organization for D'Antoni because they're giving him completely bought in even before he got there. Yeah. They were bought into what he was trying to do in all his previous stops. So they're launching the threes he wants to launch. They're playing fast. They're it's it's great. I they, mean, the whole team is really playing into their strengths. Yeah, and you see a lot of organizations in the NBA fighting against what's in their best interest. A perfect example of that is the Knicks. They want to run the triangle. Why are you running the triangle in 2017? Yeah. 
But the Rockets are a team that they know what they want to do, and they have the personnel from the coach down to do it. Right. Absolutely. And speaking of the Knicks, D'Antoni had contender Jeremy Lin. Contender a pretender. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jeremy Lin. D'Antoni had Jeremy Lin uh-huh. turned him into Lin's sanity. D'Antoni got James Harden MVP level. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he makes those guys better. They're a contender as long as everyone else around Harden can hit those threes. What do you think about having Harden running the point? I think it's great. I think it's perfect, actually, because Patrick Beverly, I mean, he was basically bringing the ball up and dumping it off to Harden anyway. Sure. So why not just put Harden in the driver's seat? So I think it's been working out great. Beverly's still doing his thing. He's still playing his defense. Mm. So it's it's not like it, and he's a you know tell me what to do and I'll do it guy. Yeah. So it's been a great transition for them with this coach. You look at D'Antoni's prime teams in Phoenix, and they were close. They were a couple of bounces away they from were being close. legit contenders. They, they were always like the most fun team to watch. They, too. I mean, you know, they had a couple of rough run-ins with the Lakers and a couple of rough run-ins with the Spurs. And I mean, I think that this is an even better version of those teams. So I would say they're contenders. You definitely have to get hot shooting because they're a team that's going to put up 120 and give up 117. So. And we just saw the Warriors running them off the line. Yeah. And that didn't turn out so well. Right. So they've got to be able to adapt to that too because everybody knows they like the three ball. So the next tier we have is I'm going to lump these teams together. We have the Wizards, the Raptors the Jazz, and the Clippers. Do you find any of these teams to be contenders, or do you think they're all pretenders? Pretenders. They're all pretenders? They're all... The top is just... It's too far away. Yeah. The peak is too far. Where those teams are at, from where they are, it's too too much distance to make up. I think I agree with you. I think that actually of that group of teams, I like Toronto's chances the best. I think DeRozan's playing great. Based off of experience, yes, they have the most. Right. And but that's a team that's got to get really hot. Yeah, that's true. I mean, they get Lowry back for the playoffs. He was having a great year before he got hurt. He was arguably having a better year than DeRozan. They added Ibaka. I think that they have the depth. They have the experience. They, again, need some breaks to bounce their way. But this is a solid team, I think. I, I think they'll be an even better better team next year. Dwayne Casey's great. Great coach, yeah. but he didn't have enough time with Ibaka. Right. He got a mid-season towards, like, a little out of the deadline. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's enough time to work this guy in to make things where palatable enough where they will beat the Cavs yeah. out of the East. I can't see it. I think next year, that's a contender based on some moves they make in the offseason. But I think the core pieces are there. I thought Ibaka was a great trade. Mm-hmm. That. They have one of the most respected GMs in the game. Yeah. And they've got a great roster. I don't know. I, I'm pulling for them. I think that next year they should make a run. That. They don't own any of the Nets draft picks. That's also good. <laughs> <laughs> so. so the last topic we want to get into is one that I'm sure will go very smoothly with no controversy. Absolutely. Which is the MVP award. Right. So the two guys that everybody's talking about, uh, former teammates... James Harden and Russell Westbrook, I think, are probably head and shoulders in the public's eye as the two choices. I think you could make a case for other people. You could make a case for LeBron, who's... And I, uh, real quick, sure. I know a lot of people are probably thinking to themselves, 
I can't believe the Thunder had two MVP candidates, three, three MVP candidates on their team. Yeah. And they let two of them go. Let me just say that I am so glad that they left because now we've got three MVP They couldn't all be MVP candidates together. Trip. Look at KD. And Curry. In the, yeah, with the, with the Warriors right. now. Can't all be MVP candidates. Ball's got to go somewhere. But now we split those three guys up. I'm glad the Rockets snagged him for yeah. basically nothing now. And I'm glad that Russell stayed where he is. I'm glad, well, I wish KD had maybe gone to another team where he yeah. been the man. But it's awesome to see. So I think that it's great. A lot of people will be like pissed about it. But I think it's all amazing that they got split up. I think it's pretty incredible when you look at that team that they only made the finals once. Yeah. And they didn't win a championship. That's a that's a team that you would have said would have contended for years. But they were so young. That's true. They were so young. All of them. That's Even true. Ibaka. Everybody was young as hell. Right. So I'd say that Harden and Westbrook are obviously your other choices. Do you think anybody else is in the consideration? I mean, LeBron always is. Mm. And he's, he's amazing. Right. This has been uh, a tougher year for him. So I don't think he'll get it, especially with... How explosive these two other guys have been. Sure. I, I agree with you. I mean, Kawhi Leonard, I think, is in the conversation. Yes, absolutely. You could make a case for a guy like Isaiah Thomas, the third best scorer in the league. By a hair, he's right there with Harden. They're tied for the best record. And also, I mean, you know, from a from a story centric view, guy's five foot nine, the next Allen Iverson, just balling out up in Boston. He's the best player on tied for the best team in the East. So That's true. I'd say you can make the case for him, but I don't really think anybody has as strong a case as those two. I agree. I agree. So, who you got? So, I initially thought, this is Russell Westbrook's game. Okay. This is his jam. He's He's been balling out like crazy. His team needs him far more than they need Harden. Yeah. And then I took a look at the stats, and... When you look at it, 74 games played by each of them, which is fantastic. I love that it's that <laughs> they played the same amount. Minutes per game, Harden's averaging about a minute and a half more. Okay. So it's not that bit. Westbrook's at 35, Harden's at 36 and a half. And field goal percentage-wise, Harden's got them by a tick. Westbrook's at, let's say, I'm rounding up here, 43, Harden's at 45. Three-point percentage-wise, Westbrook... 33.6%, and Harden is at 349 Wow, I would have thought Harden would be higher. I, I also was thinking Harden would be higher. So points, uh, three-pointers per game, Harden shooting nine, Westbrook seven. Westbrook makes about two, Harden makes about three. Mm. So he's making one more per game. And they're dead even with free throw percentage, basically. Rebounds per game, obviously... Westbrook has his 10. Mm-hmm. He's averaging 10.6. Harden is averaging 8. Wow. On the dot. So he's right there with him. Wow. It is very close statistically. Assists. Obviously, Westbrook's at 10. 10.4 to be exact. Harden, 11.4. Is he? I think he's leading the NBA in assists. Blocks per game, no joke. They're both tied at 0.4. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. It's really close. <laughs> Steals per game. 1.7 for Westbrook, 1.5 for Harden. <laughs> it, it's insane. With turnovers per game, 5.4 for Westbrook, 
5.8 for Harden. What are they going to do? Flip a coin for this? <laughs> it's it's insane. <laughs> points per game. This is this is a little bit of a difference here. Th- points per game, 31.8. So mm. basically 32 points for Westbrook, mm. 29.3 for Harden. Okay. So Westbrook's got him by about three points. Right. But also you're not discounting Harden. Right. Uh, but I they run the entire offense through both of them. Right. When both sit, the offense completely falls. Right. Could come down to plays better defense, and Harden isn't. I mean, uh, Westbrook is an animal, but he's not Kawhi level at all. He's True. not even LeBron level True. at all. True. So he doesn't play that hard of defense. Harden stepped it up a little bit this year. He's still nowhere in the stratosphere of those guys. So it really comes down to the stats and the record mm-hmm. and a lot of people say Harden's got the record obviously I think by like eight games right yeah um but these stats are so close yeah I mean the real big difference is that Harden's got an assist more Westbrook shoots about gets about three points and two rebounds more per game so it's it's there by a hair but Harden's up you know eight eight games and I know a lot of people put winning as an emphasis for MVP but I feel like it's most valuable player sure to a team that team wouldn't be there for uh, Oklahoma City they wouldn't be where they are right now without Westbrook if he got hurt they're done they're a lottery team that's so true if Harden got hurt I think they'd be able to figure something out. D'Antoni's probably a little too good. Yeah. So I, I think they'd still be okay. Mm-hmm. Billy Donovan, I think, would have been screwed. You know, no knock on his coaching ability. Yeah. He would have been done. I agree. Would we going to replace him with Jeremy Lamb? Right. It's it's over. Right. So I think most valuable player to his team is Westbrook. Wow, it's crazy when you read off those stats. I, it's it's a lot closer than you realize. It was it's very close. It's definitely a flip of a coin. I think that what is helpful for Westbrook and honestly it probably shouldn't help him, but I think that it does is the fact that he's chasing history to become the second player ever to average a triple double for a full season. Right. That's uh, the only player who's done that is Oscar Robertson, who's a Hall of Fame player. This, that I mean, that could be the edge. I think if he can sustain those numbers, he's got seven games to go, so it's definitely possible. Or eight games. You know what else could be huge is Harden's injured wrist. Mm-hmm. And he came out and said he wouldn't sit after they rested people. Right. So he's like, I'm playing every game. And right. now he's kind of boxed himself in. He's got to play every game. Yeah. So that could be huge because Harden's points could drop off. Sure. It's his shooting hand. Oh, okay. His left wrist. Uh-huh. So that could be yeah. something that gives Westbrook a slight edge. What would you think about co-MVPs? I don't think that's ever been done in the history of the league. I'm not sure if it has, and I've heard some talk about that. Uh-huh. I mean, these guys are are neck and neck. They're they're right there. There's there's no clear cut uh, advantage from a statistics point. I think context wise, you give the edge to Westbrook because he has a lot less with that roster. He's chasing history, but then do you discount the winning that Harden has done? It's it's. Tough to say. I think the team... I mean, he elevates the team, obviously. Mm -hmm. But I think that team is a lot better than what Russell has. Yes. So I could see Russell being worth far more games than Harden's been worth. 
I think I agree with you. And I agree with what you said earlier, which is this is definitely a lottery team without him. Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I'd have to look at the Rockets' depth chart mm. to even think. Yeah. Come up with an idea of who could have stepped in a Harden's role. Right. In all likelihood, they probably would have had to make a trade. Yeah. Probably would have brought in Jeremy Lin. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they could have got him for next to nothing. They probably would have ran more Pat Beverly, Lou Williams at the point. I mean, if D'Antoni is gung-ho for the, the score-first point guard, I could see Lou Williams taking on a bigger role. I mean, I would say by a razor-thin margin, I would go with Westbrook. Yeah, it's it's close. I would, And I hear the argument on both sides. I would love to see him average a triple-double for, a, oh, for the yeah, season. Oh, yeah, me too. That would be so cool. That would be great. It really should not matter as much as it does, but for me, in my mind, I... That's uh, that's kind of giving him the edge to me. Yeah, I think it could. Mm-hmm. So uh, right now I'd lean Westbrook. Yeah. But it really could go either way. I mean, if something happens to either of guys, which hopefully, you know, knock wood, it doesn't. But uh, it'll be it'll be fun end to this season for the tightest MVP race I think I've ever seen. I mean, I think it should go to DeMarcus Cousins personally. Right, right. Well, he's sacrificed the most. <laughs> He has sacrificed a lot in Sacramento. <laughs> yeah, he's just done. If I had my choice, it would be uh, Matt Barnes. Oh, okay. Just because he wanted to f*** up Derek Fisher. I mean, there you and go. I think that makes him most valuable. Understandably, too. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. naturally. Uh, yeah, so that's... that. Yeah, that's MVP. <laughs> so I think I think we covered a lot of good ground Covered here. a lot of ground, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Lewis and Clark of the NBA. Absolutely, I think that we'll have to we'll have to get together again when the playoffs start and and make sense of all this madness. Absolutely, but as always, it's been a pleasure you being the Bledsoe to my Booker. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Booker. <laughs> yeah. So thank thank you guys so much for tuning into the Wolf Den. Be sure to follow the Wolf Den on Facebook and Twitter, SoundCloud, iTunes, Tuned In, Stitcher. We'll see you next time. We're looking forward to the end of the NBA season. And Alex Mason. And Alex Mason will guide you through the end of the NBA season. Alex, take us on the river of dreams. (laughs) Good night, everybody. Bring us back out to back out to open.